Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Kia ora, everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In this week's episode, I speak with Jess about the birth of her daughter and son, Jess takes us through her two planned home births, both which were quite different and she had really different experiences with both of her midwives. So this is a really lovely story. Thank you, Jess, for coming on the podcast and I hope you all enjoy the episode. Hi, Jess. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yeah. So obviously my name is Jess, I'm Huri Tenei no Aitahu Te Whanau Apanui Ngāti Whakaui me Te Rarawa hoki. Um, so I'm currently living in Kawiro, but from a lot of places. <laughs> um, born in Auckland, raised in Kawiro, um, moved away down to the South Island for a few years for uni and my partner and I moved home to being the start of 2016, back to the Eastern Bay of Plenty. Um, and we had our first girl in 2017. She's just turned two. And we just recently had our, well, not recently, but a few months ago, he's eight months now, had our son. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's us, family of four. And yeah, awesome. hopefully, very cool. Hopefully, that's enough for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys the first time around? Were you trying to have a baby? Do you want to take us through that? Yeah, so we had obviously always discussed that we wanted babies when we moved home, but in the bigger picture, we thought, ah, oh, we'll wait a few years. Um, I wasn't on any contraception for about four years three or four years leading up yeah. to back being pregnant and um yeah it just happened um we weren't trying we weren't expecting to fall pregnant um <laughs> yeah but it was yeah quite quite a scary but good surprise when we did find out <laughs> yeah awesome and how did you find out did you have symptoms that made you think you might be pregnant or you missed a period yeah, I was pretty regular, um, but I was also leading up to finding out I had I was under quite a lot of pressure in the job I was at at the time, and I had a big event, and so I sort of thought, oh, like once the event is over, I'll calm down and my period will come, and then no, it's still late, still late, <laughs> and then I thought it was coming because I had like the period cramps. But turns out, no, that was just the start of the pregnancy. 
Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just was in denial for a wee while and took a test and took a few tests and they were all positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how were you feeling when you found out? Um, I was in shock because obviously yeah. we didn't plan it. Um, super emotional, just scared. Um, yeah, I didn't really come to terms with it for maybe a few weeks. I was still in denial. I was like, yeah. what, if, what if my period does come? But no, yeah. yeah. Um, it took a, it took a wee while and, and it was a little bit exciting maybe after a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And did you have a plan on what you thought you might do from there sort of once you came to terms with it? Did you know where you might want to try and deliver or a midwife that you might want to go with? What were your thoughts there? So for us, I think like even my partner was in denial for so long, we sort of, we didn't ignore baby, but we were just sort of like, oh, we'll just cruise with it. Um, I had no idea that you were meant to get a midwife. Oh, I didn't even know you had to go get blood tests or um, I had no idea how to contact the midwife. So I just yeah. um, found the midwife through one of my friends. <laughs> she had used this lady. So I was like, hey, can I have your number? Um, but yeah, we didn't get a midwife till 12-ish weeks, yeah. 11, 12 weeks. Um, and then it was just... I think home, having baby at home was always a plan without coming up with a plan. I just told to us, I guess a hospital birth was never really like we didn't consider it because for us going to hospital, like you go there when you're sick or something's wrong. So yeah. yeah, um, We're also fortunate enough to purchase our first home not long after I, oh, would have been just before I got pregnant. So by the time we moved in, I was still in the early stages. So that was another incentive to have baby at home. Yeah. Awesome. And what was the rest of your pregnancy experience like? Did you have many other symptoms throughout your next two trimesters? Yeah. So I had morning sickness or all day sickness until 16 weeks first time around. So that was pretty hectic. Um, Yeah. I lost like 12 kgs in the first in those first 16 weeks oh wow um pretty much surviving on tea and toast (laughs) (laughs) and um after that like as soon as that went I was sweet like right through had no other issues um and then yeah it was I was fine plenty of energy and as you do first time around (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, awesome. And did you go to any antenatal classes or anything like that to prepare for your birth? No, we weren't really keen on the antenatal um, classes, but we sort of looked into – we didn't do hypnobirthing classes, but we watched heaps of videos, you know, we researched. Yep. Like our whole birth prep was important for us. Um, obviously, it's like the most significant special event on your life. <laughs> You want yeah. to prepare for it. Um, so, yeah, we just sort of took bits and pieces from things that worked for us. So some hypnobirthing videos, um, read some books, and just sort of picked bits and pieces out that worked for us. Um, yeah. awesome. As well as, yeah, trying to revive, like, some of our birthing traditions and things along the way. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Did you find the birthing videos just, like, the hypnobirthing stuff just on – 
like YouTube or the internet or was there anything that you found particularly helpful that you would share? Yeah, so I've sent the links to the YouTube, uh, the midwife that we've used on YouTube um, to quite a few friends. I think she's called the Hypnobirthing Midwife. She's an English midwife and she works with a couple of different midwives doing you know, really cool videos, um, like all the different breathing techniques and whatnot and massaging for labor and just really chill. Like a lot of them are quite, I don't know, eerie-fairy and we were <laughs> yeah. like, we would just want to learn how to do this, like show us and, you know, she's yeah. real kickback and cruisy. So that was real helpful. And then obviously the hypnobirthing book, um, I think that's what helped me like just chill out about the whole, the whole thing. Like while I was still sick, I would read it and just help me relax and calm down a bit. Um, yeah. So the book yeah. helped as well, but you know, there's so many different exercises in there. It's quite overwhelming, so I just sort of pulled out what what I thought I would use and what would work, and then yeah, just practice those. Awesome. And how did you um, sort of prepare at home for your birth? Did you want to do it in like a birth tub or a bath, or what were your thoughts there? Yeah, so we sort of assumed from the start that we'd want to have a water birth, so. Um, yeah, we had the pull up probably about she was almost two weeks over. So we had the pull up maybe like three or four weeks before she even arrived. <laughs> yeah. Um and it was real special. Like we had the pool in the corner of the lounge and then we had all of our affirmations printed out and some written up and then heaps of special photos of like loved ones and things that had passed on. Um just different things that we could draw on for strength. And yeah, it was really, really cool. It was like a nice, like a beautiful little sanctuary, I guess. Um, yeah, oh, how lovely. Yeah, it was real, real beautiful. Yeah, cool. And did you end up going into labor spontaneously then? I know you just said you were a couple of weeks overdue. So do you want to take yeah. us through that and then into yeah. your birth story? Yeah, so basically the pressure was on from a lot of people to you know, go into the hospital, stretch and sweep and all that sort of thing. And my midwife knew that I was not keen, so she didn't pressure me. Um, and I wasn't worried. Like, I knew it would come, or baby would come when she was ready. We didn't know if she was a boy or girl. Um, and, yeah, she just, we went for a big walk up, like a big hilly stair, like a, um, how do you say it? It's like a big hill, but there's heaps of stairs in it. Um, kind of yeah. like a bush walk. Um, and that must have done the trick because I went into labor that <laughs> night. Um, yeah. So that's all I did. I didn't really try any other, like the spicy food and the pineapple juice yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. And do you want to take us into your birth story and sort of how labor progressed for you? Yeah. So after the big walk, in the day, I think that was about mid morning. Um, we, so I left my partner at home because a few days before that, he actually called me because he's a school teacher. So he called me from work and he's like, Hey, can you come and get me? Like I've stuffed my back. And I was like, wow, oh this is not ideal. Like <laughs> you are my main, you're my rock. Like yeah. you've got to get me through this. Um, so 
yeah, I went and picked him up and then left him at home, went for my walk with a friend, and then we came back home to get him. We were like, oh, let's go out, go and get lunch. Go get lunch at our one cafe in our town. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I had a huge feed and then came home. And while we're out at lunch, I sort of had a few tightenings. I don't even know if I'd call them Braxton Hick, but just like a couple of like cramps. And then got home, had a huge sleep, maybe about two, two and a half hours, woke up. And by then it was about five, probably five, five thirty in the evening and tried to have some dinner. And then I had a huge spew like straight after I ate. And then from then on, I was sort of like, Oh, okay, this is weird. And then I was just sort of lying around the lounge. And then I just thought, Oh, like these are getting pretty sore, like these cramps. And then Cam was like, Oh, maybe you're going to labor. I was like, no, no, it's not tonight. And then I remember bang on 7 PM. I got my first proper contraction and I was just looked at him and I was like, Oh my goodness, I think you're right. <laughs> so yeah, I think it yeah, started at seven PM. Um and we just put well, I oh I tried to be real prepared, like I I was probably a bit over the top, but I had like all of these big A three poster papers with things written on them. So like yeah. if Cam forgot how to um to help me through like a certain breathing technique, like hypnobirthing technique, I'd written it down so he could just look at it and be like, okay, and then start the breathing technique with me. And then I'd written like, give me Powerade, give me Panadol at this stage. <laughs> um, go, you know, if these things aren't working, um, go have a shower, go, you know, jump on the birthing ball. So I, that kind of went out the window really. I just sort of went, internal like straight away I just went with it myself um and started the the naturopathic birth spray I think it's called um birth prep yeah there's a pre-birth and then yeah the birth spray so I started doing that 15 minute intervals he just sprayed it in my mouth um and then yeah, midwife turned up about 10.30. My mum was also at the birth, so she came over. She got there at about 10. Then midwife 10.30. I'm not sure what time it was when midwife checked me, but it got to the point where my contractions, there was no break. So yeah. she kept saying, um, we'll check you during your next break, and there was no break. So at this point, I was just on the ground like, Oh my goodness, like what's happening? Um, so she just had to get in there and check me. And we had, uh, just, you know, we had had a conversation that I was against her breaking my waters. Um, and she had told me she was for breaking waters. Um, and I guess just being first time around and being sort of naive, I didn't know any better. If I could go back, I would have said no. I felt kind of felt like really rushed and there was no point and like there was no reason to be rushing me so she broke them but she kind of did it like while I was out of it I didn't even know I just felt a relief of pressure and then my mum had asked her how far along is she because she hadn't even told me like yeah how far I was dilated so mum sort of secretly asked her and then I could hear them whispering when I was like what are they saying 
Um, so she was like, oh, she's eight centimetres. She can jump in the pool now. So that would have been maybe four or five hours in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they just said, you, you can jump in the pool now. And I had got all upset in my head. I thought everyone had forgotten that I wanted this water birth. And I thought uh-huh. the pool was still there empty. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was sort of like getting annoyed and frustrated on my head, like they haven't even remembered. <laughs> and oh, then no. they said, come on, you can get up. Let's hop in the pool now. So I jumped in there. Um, Just super uncomfortable in there, though. In my head, I thought it was going to be like this massive relief. And I was just like, this is this is weird. And the midwife kept saying, can you sit up on your knees? Like she never really said uh, just go however you want. And then I, in my head, I was, I thought that I was saying out loud, I want to change positions. And then I Cam could kind of tell like something was up. So he started talking to me and I was like, I want to move. And I'm like, yeah, okay, just move. It's all good. <laughs> so then I just moved onto my sort of just like sitting upright. Yeah. Like my, I heard my mum say something, but I wasn't so in the zone. I didn't take notice of what she was saying and I sort of came out of wherever I was and I was like pardon and she said not long to go now lovey and I was like really she's like yeah like your baby's gonna be here soon and then I just sort of went back in and just carried on concentrating but at that point I was so relaxed but also not worried but just sort of clueless because obviously first time around like you don't know what you're doing you can trust your body and trust what others are saying, but you've never felt the feeling of a head coming out of you <laughs> before. So, was, yeah, it was a crazy time. Um, it was real beautiful, though. Lights were, the lights were off. Um, it was just, you know, right next to the fire, just so relaxed in the water. And then I said, oh, you know, like when she started crowning or when I started crowning, I sort of, sort of said, you know, we can see baby. And I was like, what? So just buzzing out. And I was like, I want to touch baby. So they were like, yeah, you can. So I just put my hand down because sort of just feel like she had so much hair. You yeah. feel like a little bit of hair. And then um, just prior to that, my partner had been like, just just stay calm, babe, like just relax. And then the midwife looked at him and said, no, like, no, you don't want her to relax. We, want, we need this baby out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just kept pushing. I pushed for... It was like nine minutes and yeah, it was just a couple of pushes. Once I got the courage to push because yeah. in my head I, I wanted baby just to, I wanted to breathe baby out. Um, yeah, she just wasn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't breathe her out of that last bit. Um, so yeah, a couple of pushes and she was out or her head was out. And then, yeah, it was just the most amazing experience just sitting in the pool. Her head was out, and I was just looking down at her head like, what's going on? <laughs> it's so amazing. And I was so happy just to chill there. Like, she was happy. She started slowly, her head slowly started to turn. So her eyes, you know, they could see her eyes starting to open. Yeah. Um, And then they were like, okay, like, whenever you're ready she can come out now and one more push and she was out into our arms um yeah it was real beautiful and obviously one of my requests was like nobody's allowed to tell me what she is so (laughs) we were holding on to her for a while and then my mum sort of came over and she's like 
like you guys want to look now <laughs> I think she was super eager she just yeah. wanted to know so badly and then yeah we originally my partner thought boy because you know they come out and they're all swollen yeah but no there was no little balls in there she was a girl <laughs> yeah. oh, awesome very cool and yeah. did you stay in the pool for a little while or what happened after that no so I mean in my head I think that birth was like amazing for first time seven hours um and you know no complications but yeah probably from when she came out um that final sort of push to the rest of that postpartum those few first days was kind of a debacle in hindsight um so she was taken so they you know, we left a cord for a while and then midwife wanted to get me out because I had torn quite badly in the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wanted to get me out to get like, so I could birth the whenua and then check me, like check the tearing. So I um, found out second time around that there was not really any need for us to be separated. Most of that could have been done with her on me. Yeah. So I only had her on me for, like probably 20 minutes um and then she went to camp for skin to skin and they did all the weighing and whatnot while I was birthing the whenua we went into the bathroom to do that and then came back into the lounge to get my sutures started um but they still never like reunited us so it would have been quite a while before I had her again yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was like a major thing second time around that I didn't want. Um, so, yeah, from then, um, yeah, breastfeeding obviously was a major issue and it didn't work out for us. And uh, like looking back now, I'm pretty sure that's um, one of the main reasons why. Um, yeah, so that was, yeah, that was a bit of a negative, like a down buzz after being yeah. so high from like, this beautiful home birth and then the postpartum period was just sort of like rushed and yeah, yeah. it wasn't wasn't what I had expected yeah and did you try initially to latch her on um but it just wasn't working or what was that like yeah so after I got the stitches um they brought her back to me and yeah we tried midwife help to try to latch her and she wouldn't latch um she's like okay like that's fine we'll keep working at it um you need to rest so at her sleep she came back in the morning and obviously still had no clue what I was doing just like heaps of other birth stories so many yeah new mamas you know it's not natural um well not natural for a lot of people so midwife brought back a shield and yeah she just never like I never felt her latch um, her suck was super weak. We got the whole tongue tie, lip tie thing done. Um, it didn't do anything. And yeah, I tried till she was eight weeks, tried to breastfeed and then I just gave up and ended up pumping. Um, and how did you find like- the pumping experience? I know sometimes I talk to mums who are exclusively pumping and, and sort of find that really stressful as well. But what was yeah. that like for you? Super stressful. So, yeah, I pumped till she was six months old. 
Um, she was having formula at night, so two bottles of formula in the 24 hours and the rest my milk. But because yeah. we never established that connection from birth, well, this is my thoughts. Um, you know, I never got the whole my milk's in. I never got like a massive influx of milk and then struggle with supply yeah. um, for a long time. But also, obviously, because all of my energy was going to healing from the major tearing and whatnot. Um, yeah, my milk was just never good. Um, and it was like constantly stressing out that, oh, I can't do this because I have to pump. I can't go here because I've got to be able to plug my yeah. pump in. That was before I had a portable. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, so that was, yeah, extremely stressful and like traumatic as. Yeah. So, um, went to the, so my postpartum bleeding had stopped, but then I noticed like a bit of blood, like just a bit of spotting. And I was like, Hey, what's this? So in quite a bit of pain, like every time I'd go for a walk or, you know, sort of like that squatting position. So I went to the doctor. She was like, Oh, basically what's happened is the suturing had must've come undone. And this was another thing I had no clue about. So I wasn't checked. My postpartum searches weren't checked ever, yeah. and that was between two midwives. So my midwife left. She had to go away, and so she handed me on to another midwife who I'd never met before. So that was scary because I didn't know her. Yeah. Um, she never checked me either because I think she had assumed that my midwife had checked me before she left. So long story short, there was quite a bad infection in there, and the tissue had sort of been spilling through the stitches, so mm -hmm. the wound like never, yeah, it had never healed. So, um, had an amazing GP who put me on um the urgent waiting list to go see the gyno, and he was so amazing. Like I was so nervous, and I didn't know what to expect, and he made the whole process real smooth. Um, yeah. And pretty much from the first meeting, we just, he, you know, he was like, well, you can, I can give you surgery, but he would have had to cut into the pelvic floor and pretty much would have ruined my chance of having another natural birth. He said yeah. like the chances, the percentage of me having a C-section would be super high. So he wanted to try and just let the body heal itself, which it did. Um, but we figured out because I had gone on domperidone um, medication for my milk, um, which is super high in progesterone, that it was blocking a lot of the healing. So pretty much as soon as I stopped producing milk and take and stopped taking the domperidone, it was like the wound just healed. Mm, I would say yeah. overnight, but it would have been literally within a week. There was no more yeah. pain, like nothing. Um, he had given me this gel to use and I just didn't want to. I was like, oh, no, nah, I don't think this is going to help. I didn't like the thought of it. Went back about a month and a half later and he was so shocked. He was just like, well, I can't believe that your body has sorted itself out. And so, yeah, just like super proud of my body for doing that. I was like, yes, I just saved myself yeah. from going to surgery. Um, yeah. yeah, and yeah, I was I was questioning like, Am I ever going to have another baby in the first place? Because uh, there's no way I can have sex with this thing. And yeah. me, like, it was horrific. Yeah. yeah. So super painful. And, yeah, when that healed, it was like, 
So it was cool. It was timely because, you know, I stopped pumping. So that stress was dissolved. And then all of a sudden I started to feel a bit more myself. So yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Well, that's good. But it's a shame that you weren't sort of checked and that that process wasn't, um, better for you right at the start, which probably would have yeah. made a difference as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that was, yeah. yeah so obviously had a sec- different midwife second time around who, you know, I've just, just straight up with her and she was in shock about it as well. So yeah, yeah, that was, um, I'm glad I yeah. went through it though, because I know, you know, this second time I knew sort of what to expect and yeah. like what we were entitled to when it comes to care. Yeah. And how were you feeling um, emotionally, obviously, after those first few initial days um, at home with a newborn? What were the next few weeks and months like for you? And, and how did you recover emotionally from um, sort of that birthing experience? Yeah, so I think two years down the track, like I'm still recovering. <laughs> so I guess like having my girl going through this, oh, hang on. <sighs> going through that stuff with my girl, um, I think that I'm through it. And then talking about it, I'm obviously not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, super, super emotional and just traumatic, but super grateful that the birth of our son has helped to heal that, some of that trauma. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just knowing that just being mindful and aware that, yep, that shitty stuff did happen, like, to us. Um, but still grateful, grateful for the lessons because, um, I guess, in a sense, I'm never going to let that happen to my daughter, you know, yeah. when her time comes. And, yeah, I feel like we have to work super hard at our relationship. We're super similar Super, both super sensitive. So, um, you know, there's a lot of emotional ups and downs between us anyway. But yeah, grateful that that happened to us because in a way I have to be, or I am more conscious about our relationship. And yeah, Yeah. we have to work at it. But, um, you know, it's a work in progress. And obviously I'm going to do everything I can to not necessarily fix what happened, but to heal from it so that she doesn't yeah. carry on that trauma, you know? Yeah, of course. And I think sharing your story as well, although it can be really hard to talk about, um, is so helpful for other women because they learn um, what to look out for. And if you're a first-time mum, you really do have no idea. You just sort of think that the care that you're getting is is what you should be getting, and sometimes Definitely. it's not. So I think it's um, And so... Once you stopped um, expressing, did you end up getting your period back or did that come earlier or later? What was that like? Yeah, so I stopped expressing when she was six months and then about three weeks later, just after New Year's, I stopped expressing like mid-December and then just after New Year's I got my period. Yeah, that was horrible. It was so bad. I was like, this is worse than postpartum bleeding. What? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm not ready for this. Um, yeah, so it came back super quick. And then, yeah, one time. And we had sex one time. And then I got pregnant again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So fast. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and was so. that a massive shock as well? I, I'm sure that you um, knew that you um, wanted to have maybe another baby down the track, but were you expecting yeah. it to happen that quickly? No, because I guess, you know, how you asked earlier if, you know, how was that first few weeks and months emotionally after having baby? Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, I look back and I think, oh, I hated newborn. I hated the newborn, you know, um, bubble that they call it. Like it was yeah, not yeah. a happy place for me. It was super dark and hard. And yeah, knowing that, wow, this could be my same experience. I was like, oh, what? Like, no, I'm not ready for this. Yeah. But also yeah. give, giving me hope and inspiration and motivation to not to do better, but to make different changes and choices to make sure that we don't go through that stuff again. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I sort of, I mean, I didn't know that I was, I wasn't in denial like the first time, but sort of came, you know, my partner went to the supermarket, I think, in his interval from school, came home at morning tea, gave me a test. He's like, come on, like you need to take it, you know, cause I thought, oh, it's normal not to get your period regularly after you have your first yeah. one. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 like you need to take a test. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was this interval, he's chilling, having his cup of tea, and I was like, ah, oh, you can go and look at it. He was like, did you not look at it? I was like, no, you go look at it, and he comes down, and he's just cracking up laughing. And I'm like, oh, we're doing it again? Okay, cool. But it was way different second time. It was sort of like, oh, well, we'll you know, we'll roll with it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 And obviously you talked about um, – sort of initially being really nervous because of um, the experience that you'd had with your daughter. Was there anyone that you sort of talked with to help you through that or did you internalize it or was there anything that helped you sort of come out of that really dark time or it wasn't until um, your body started to heal that you felt different? Yeah, so I guess just being really open with people, you know, when they say, oh, my gosh, how are you doing? Like, you look amazing, blah, blah, blah. Just being honest, like, nah, yeah. this is horrible. Like, I'm not okay. Um, I'm not sleeping. Like, can you help? Like, you know, yeah. asking people for help. And when people offer to listen to you or and, and ask you if you're okay, yeah, just talking to them about it. Like, hey, this is so yeah. hard. Um, yeah, not sugarcoating it. Because like yeah. you said, these, these kind of cordial can help other new mums in just open their eyes to the fact that it's not all like pretty outfit changes and <laughs> sleepy newborn phase, you know? Um, but in terms of if anyone helped me, I think it was just a thing. Like obviously, yeah, I had a lot of support from like my mum was amazing. Cause she went through this similar thing, not being able to feed me. Um, so yeah, mum was always there, but yeah, just my partner, he was the man, like, he was my rock yeah. and other friends or, you know, like close friends that could feed, that offered to help feed baby, you know, they would offer to latch her and things like that. Like I really appreciated that because there was still times when I didn't know if it was me or her, you know, yeah. um, that had the issues. So, yeah, just having that support, having a little village and just being open to talking about it. That's what helped. Yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. And so obviously once you found out you were pregnant the second time around, did you have any um, initial symptoms or was that pregnancy experience much different to your first? Yeah, so I was really sick again, but this time to 18 weeks, so longer. Um, And this time it wasn't spewing, it was the nausea that was real bad. So with our girl, I just spewed all day and night. And with our boy... Yeah, it was just nausea, but because I had a toddler, the runner, or, you know, a baby, she wasn't even one then, to run around after you sort of just had to get on with it. Um, But, yeah, I just noticed, like, super tired, super nauseous, um, and a lot of pain, like the whole ligament, sciatica, all of that stuff was major, obviously because my body hadn't healed from the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, like right through, right till birth, I was in a lot of pain. And were you? was there anything that you could use or do to sort of manage that or you just had to sort of tough it out? Um, so I started at osteo probably in the second or third trimester and that was real good, but then I found it's just stopped working. So I got yeah. given um, a lady's name. She was out of town, but I went to her sort of once a week or once a fortnight for acupuncture treatment. Um, she did Reiki on me, and she also helped because our boy was breached for a long time. So um, she helped turn him, which was amazing. Um, yeah, but I just had major, you know, first time around, it was almost as if I was naive about the whole thing because you don't know what to expect. Second time yeah, around, yeah. I just so much anxiety and I guess that was the fall-on effect from all of the negative things that happened you know like that was always sort of in the back of my head oh what if this happens yeah. what if this happens um yeah but so yeah osteo and what did I say acupuncture and reiki so the acupuncture yeah. and reiki were amazing not only for the physical um pain but the helping to heal from that first a lot of trauma and also just to calm my anxiety. So it got quite bad in about the last five weeks. And so did you want to have a different midwife this time around? Did you still want to birth at home? What were your thoughts there? Yeah, so we got a new midwife. Um, about half an hour after I took the test, I rang the most amazing midwife um, and I had looked up her number for somebody else only a few weeks before. And so her, her profile on the midwife website was still in my web browser. So I yeah. was like, oh, I may as well ring her. Um, so I was only about four or five weeks then, and she had one spot left in October. <laughs> so this was in about February. Um, oh, February, not, yeah, February. And she, yeah, she was like, yep, you can take it. It's yours. Um, she was amazing, like right from the moment she came to our house for our appointments, which was also great and um she was happy to do another home birth for us so we went with that yeah awesome and did you do any of the similar hypnobirthing videos or anything like that in preparation for this birth or did you feel um like what you'd done last time you were just going to try and implement again yeah we just I like I watched a few of them sort of as revision but also knowing what your body can do and what your baby can do as well. I think we don't give them yeah. enough credit. Um, and just trusting in the whole process because 
well, I'd done it before, so there was no reason why I couldn't do it again kind of thing. Um, yeah. And obviously not being naive about the complications that can occur, but for me mentally and emotionally and spiritually just to have that faith in myself and my baby and, um, yeah, just just get on with it. And like I said before, having another baby to look after you, like I just didn't have time to prepare. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was sort of all went out the window, yeah, and just got on with it. <laughs> Yeah, and did you end up going into labour um, spontaneously this time? Yeah, so it was quite a long day. Um, I was overdue again. I think I was 41 and 3 or 41 and 4, second time around. Um, yeah. And, yeah, my partner had gone off to work and, con- like, light, light contractions started in the morning, probably around 8.30, so I sort of jumped on the birth ball. And that was before our daughter was in any sort of daycare, so she was at home, we were just chilling, watching movies. And um, I had got a TENS machine this time round and sort of chucked the TENS on, and it was real good, like, real helpful. And then they just started to get further and further apart, and I was like, oh, maybe it's just false labor and rang the midwife and she said um just be really really careful around how my daughter you know what she's doing like her interactions with me because she can interfere like quite majorly with my hormones so pretty much saying like your other kids and things that are going on around you can stop and start your labor so i heard that before yeah so in my head i was like okay when she goes for her big day nap that's all going to happen and then she'll wake up and her new brother will be here (laughs) um and then I rang mum because the plan was she was going to come over and look after baby so she came over in her lunch break just left work and started looking after our girl and I just tried to have a rest um the contractions are pretty much stopped by 12 31 was about four hours worth and then she goes come on let's go for a walk so we went up there's a big hill behind our house and then we took um our girl for a walk up there came back down still nothing and then I just started to have random like every few hours I'd have a random contraction and the midwife just said oh just let me know like if your waters break or if anything happens and then I thought oh bugger this I'm just gonna go to bed I need to get some sleep um popped into bed and I remember laying there thinking oh, I'm pretty hungry like what if I go into labor and I've not eaten I should probably get up and mm. have a feed <laughs> so I got up um had a smoothie I think just quickly scaled it back went back to bed and just as I was falling asleep you know when you get that falling feeling and you wake up yeah I sort of like woke up in a, sh- in a fright and just before my eyes opened I heard this big noise I was like a sound and then yeah. it just went, and all my waters <laughs> just broke all through the bed. And I was so excited because I didn't feel that, you know, I didn't get to experience that yeah. first time. Yeah. Um, and I was, like, I was like, babe, come here. Like, what, what, what? I was like, my waters just broke. He's like, what do I do? And we were both just like standing there cracking up at each other. And we both had no clue. And I was like, just get mum. So mum comes running in and she's like, oh, yeah, ring the midwife. So, yeah, we rang our midwife and 
she said, so two things are either going to happen. It's either going to start now really fast or things will slow down and maybe start up in the middle of the night. So she said, ring back when you need me. And then within, honestly, like a minute or two minutes, contractions were only a minute and a half apart. It had gone from waters breaking to next level. And I was, you know, I was not prepared at all. Um, And so from me getting up out of bed to going back to going into the shower, my mum was like, you need to get on that phone boy and ring your midwife. <laughs> so he's, he's ringing her like, Oh, actually I think you better come now. And she's like, okay, okay, cool. So I just found my notes from her because we had a student midwife at the time as well. And um, it's real cool. We got the notes from them. So um, we rang them at 1230 and yeah, contractions were lasting 60 seconds and she got here at 10.30. I had, but so in, in that hour I had just been in the shower just going through the contractions, like trying to handle and I was like, this is crazy how powerful it was because yeah. last time I was in the pool and it was like sensual and beautiful and like steady, um, but this time it was just like, like a electrical thunderstorm is how I could explain it. It was just crazy. Yeah. I was like going in between the shower and the bath. So I was scared that we were, I was going to run us out of hot water. So I said, run the bath. And while I was in the bath, mum was out in the lounge trying to fill the pool. And I just couldn't handle it. Like we have the, like for a, um, our bathroom is set up for a wheelchair like a disabled bathroom. So we've got all of the big handles and stuff in our shower and they were amazing. I felt like I was going to pull them off the wall. (laughs) (laughs) It was really good being able to lean in the shower, lean on those. Um, And then, yeah, I got in the bath and it was just totally uncomfortable. It was too small. And then I just told Cam, I was like, I need to get out, like take me out into the lounge. Um, And, yeah, I just leant over. He put the mattress down and I leant over the couch sort of like on my knees but leaning over the couch and um put the tens machine back on and then mid yeah midwife got here an hour after we rang and as she was pulling in the driveway I remember saying to Cam I, ne- I think I need to push and I didn't get really get that urge like that um, first time around because in the water you can't really feel the same like it just feels really different yeah. and yeah so I was crowning already and oh my goodness yeah um, and he was like well I don't know whether to tell her you know at later on when we were debriefing he was like I didn't know whether to say yeah just push or like just breathe <laughs> like midwife will be in here in a minute so yeah midwife came in and yeah, she just said it was all, you know, she was only here 20 minutes before he was out. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it was really hectic. So in the birth notes, Cam rang the midwife at 9.30 and baby was out at 10.55. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> like it was hectic. Yeah. And so you didn't end up using the pool when you actually um, gave birth to him this time? No, so it got to the point where I said to Cam, I need a push. 
And then mum walked inside the house with the midwife and they took the TENS machine off and said, you can hop in the pool now. And I just felt um, like I couldn't move, like I was concreted to my position. And Cam sort of whispered on my ear, nah, babe, like just do it, just do it here. Like he's almost there. So I thought, thought, okay, cool, we'll just stay here. Um, And the midwife was just so amazing. Like she coached me through it. But at the same time, I was so so in tune with myself and baby that it was like everything just unfolded and what she was instructing me to do, I was doing like kind of just before she would tell me what to do, kind of thing, if that makes sense. Um, It was sort of like one step ahead. It was real, real cool Um, just to feel supported this time. And even afterwards, mum said, oh, I felt like way more comfortable this time stepping back because I felt like you were so supported having the midwife and the student midwife was amazing too. Um, and, and knowing that and like having Cam there because this time I was just like, I remember saying out loud, I'm scared. Like, I don't know if I can do this. And he was almost out and they were like, like you're, you're doing it. He's almost yeah. here. You're fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it was a lot more intense it was hard and fast but I think I preferred it <laughs> I think I preferred the hour and a half over the seven hours even though it was really yeah. and scary um and yeah this time you know like why my one request in the midwife was don't you let me rip and yeah. she was like okay she was like um honestly like 80 percent of my girls are intact so I've got you and she had literally held me together. It was amazing. Like, cause I've, we've got a video of it and it was yeah. so cool to watch afterwards. How, like how on to it she was. Yeah, it was amazing. And, um, yeah, Cam got to catch him. Yeah. So that was one of our requests. Second time round was, you know, can we be the first ones to touch our baby? So that was a real cool experience for him being able to catch his first son. And, yeah, amazing. And did you know, you didn't know that you were having a boy this time around or did you find out? Yeah, we found out second time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. And so you obviously, you didn't have any tearing, you think, because of um, the midwife's health. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, so she, afterwards they said, oh, you, you've got a little nick, like it's barely a tear, it's more of a graze. Um, yeah. And they just said, you know, research shows that leaving it to heal naturally is better so I was fine with that and just stoked that I wasn't you know ripped to shreds like the first time yeah yeah awesome and so did he get to stay on your chest what was the um experience like after he was out and and you'd birthed um him what was that like um yeah it was really amazing so Cam passed him up through my legs and with well they think they found out why he was breached because I could. I had to bend right down to grab him. I couldn't pull him through my legs and up onto my chest because his cord was so short. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I had to sort of crouch over and awkwardly hold him, and they were like, "Oh, that's why he wouldn't have been able to turn around." <laughs> um, and yeah, we just held him, and it was you know once again like nice and dark and just peaceful and quiet and. Yeah, just at that moment, I just felt like all of that other bad stuff had been erased or the beginning of the healing had begun, so that was real, real yeah. powerful. 
And yeah. Um, yeah, then he was just on me the whole time, birthing the whenua, and then um, tried, oh, yeah, I think they cut the cord, would have been about 40, 45 minutes later. Um, we both tied, got to tie his cord off, and, yeah, came obviously cut his cord again, and then, yeah, we just sort of all huddled, huddled up together on the mattress, and midwife was really excited about the breastfeeding side because she knew how sort of painful that was for me first time around. So she really was proactive about it, which was cool yeah. and felt really supported. So, you know, she was all excited. Like, I think she said something like, so like she trying to give this boy a titty. And I was like, yes, I can't <laughs> wait. And um, yeah, he latched on and we definitely had some struggles and like he had a tongue tie as well, but we still, yeah, we were fine. Um, so he had a few feeds at home and then, they weighed him, so it would have been about two hours later they did the weighing and measuring and stuff and they looked at each other like really worried and they weighed him three times and I was sitting there like, what's wrong? Why aren't you guys talking to us? And then she just looked at me and she said, I'm really sorry, love, but you're going to have to go into hospital. And I was like, what? Like, we just had mm. the most amazing experience. Why are you going to do this to me? And they were like, oh, he's... He was only about 60 grams over, but because he, he was so big, he was 10 pound too. Um, if, I think if, it's, if they're over four and a half kgs. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he was four, five, eight, oh. So he was, yeah, only a, not too much over, but they just said if he's over a certain weight, they have to monitor his um, glucose level, blood sugar levels. Yeah, yeah. And because of my history with not being able to feed our girl, they were worried that, you know, he could go into um hypoglycemic shock like in the middle of the night when they went with us. So yep. they basically said, This is what's gonna happen, like, Cam go and pick a bag, um, you guys just make your way over to the hospital and you'll have to stay in there. I think we were in there for like twelve hours. And um they just told the hospital staff, like, this is the most this was one of the most amazing births we've been at. Um, he is to stay here with her. You know, he didn't have a bed, but um, yeah. I think they found him like a random armchair. <laughs> so I said, I'm not going to the hospital if Cam can't stay with us. So, yeah, we just stayed there overnight and we had a few heel pricks. And he was fine. Um, one thing that sort of saved us, though, was from me expressing colostrum a few weeks before being able to yeah. give that to him during that time just to bump his sugar levels up, which I didn't do first time around. So that was so cool to have that little stash there and also a stash when we got home from one of my best friends who had expressed for us so we were able to use some of her milk as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was amazing and it was. I think it was so beautiful that even the going to the hospital couldn't put a downer on our spirits kind of thing it was like oh wow yeah you know our boy's safe um he's fat as <laughs> and <laughs> yeah healthy healthy as and then had a little bit of help with one of the the hospital midwives with feeding you know she came in and she actually said to me she asked me like do you know what you're doing do you have any experience like what's your history with feeding and I just told her and she's like oh cool I'll give you a hand and it was really nice to be supported like that yeah and um yeah so that, yeah that was cool um and then 
Yeah, had a bit of it. I have a few issues with eating. Um, not with his weight gain, more just pain. So the midwives came around regularly to help me, you know, with different positions and just had so much good advice and then sent me to a doctor in the Mount. Um, so it was about an hour away from here. And she does the tongue tie, like snip stem. She doesn't do the laser. And, yeah. um, we went and had a meeting with her and she just asked me, you know, like asked me a few questions and asked me to feed him in front of her so she could see. And she was like, yeah, he definitely has a tongue tie, but I'm not convinced that we need to, you know, snip it, snip it for him to be able to feed. And if he's gaining weight, like he's probably just going to grow out of it. And so oh, it was just such a relief because first time around, you know, we got our girls lasered and it was so traumatic. She just, hated anything going near her mouth after that mm, um, even yeah. though they say it's not painful like it must be if, if that kind of thing you know sticks with them um yeah. yeah so we were so stoked not to have to do that and just yeah really came home and worked on positioning and just yeah bearing with it basically and now yeah. still feeding him yeah he's almost eight months and still feeding him exclusively so that's yeah been amazing Oh, awesome. It's so nice to hear after your first yeah. journey. Yeah, cool. And how was your physical recovery this time around? Obviously, um, you didn't need the stitches and everything like that. So how did you find your recovery from birth this time? Yeah, probably just a lot more gentle. I mean, the next day I could just plonk myself down on the couch and didn't even feel like I'd just dropped the 10 pounder out of me. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, just sweet. Like didn't feel bruised or... I mean, first time, like, I was so nervous to go for a poo. And then yeah. next time I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, I need to go. Like, all good. And it was fine. You know, it wasn't scary. It wasn't painful. There wasn't much. Well, it didn't feel like bruising or, you know, it was just normal. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, yeah, I was just in shock. I was expecting to be waddling for weeks after that. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, and what about your? Um, emotional recovery this time around how did that differ yeah I think really just a lot stronger and also with the whole you know last time we said oh we'll have no visitors for this amount of days or weeks and we just that went out the window and people would come around and you know because we were having such a hectic time with her it was just made it more stressful so this time Weeks before he was born, you know, we told people, okay, like, we'll let you know when he's born and then we'll let you know when you can visit. And we were pretty staunch yeah. to that. Um, yeah. I think being able to just shut people out, like, not in a rude way, but um, just to have that time in because, you know, we wanted to introduce him to his older sister and yeah. and keep that, that time for us because you're never going to get it back. Um yeah, that helped and just being able to rest and know that oh, I don't have to get up in half an hour because so-and-so is coming over. Um, so, yeah, having a bit more sleep and rest just helped, like worked wonders um, with the recovery, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Oh, that's so nice to hear that it was so different to your first experience and um, yeah. that you had a healing experience, I guess, after that first one. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And is there any um, other advice or anything else that you want to share in regards to your story? 
I think just be mindful of your birth. Not so much your birth plan, but just be mindful of preparing for your birth. I mean, yeah, you can wing it like anything. You can wing it, but if you're if you've got things in place and support systems in place, it could be the difference between having a really rough time, like our time, first time around, um, and then second time, yeah, just knowing sort of beforehand going out and researching things and asking people, you know, how was your experience with this and like listening to this amazing podcast to get insight into all of the different things that could happen to you. Um, Yeah, just preparing and planning and being open-minded and not not feeling like you have to take everyone's advice, but just being open (laughs) to it because you never really know what's going to resonate with you and then, It'll happen to yeah. you. Oh, that's what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just awesome. being open and yeah, accepting of things. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jess, for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story. I've really enjoyed hearing it. So I know that everyone else is going to too. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at KiwiBirthTales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.